Welcome to Rise with Anita. I am your host, Anita Vita. I'm a master medical Qigong teacher and healer. And today's episode, I'm so excited to introduce to you my dear friend and sister, Audrey San Pedro Wen. I am so excited to have her here to just knock out Nurses Week and celebrate every um, nurse out there. She is a ER nurse for 18 years. And, you know, I want you to just get to know her and be inspired by her story as she like just shares, you know, a little bit about her life and a little bit about who she is and what she does. So I'd love to invite Audrey in. Hi, sister. Hi. Oh my gosh, this is exciting. I know, right? Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to tell you, this is my first live anything. So bear with me, people. <laughs> yeah. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself because I know you. We've been friends for a very long time. And I just want you to shine, shine, shine and, and allow them to hear your story. Oh my gosh. That's a really broad. <laughs> I can, you know, I can talk on it. Everyone who knows me knows I can talk and talk. So um, I want to honor everyone's time. How much time are we going to go on this for? 50 minutes. And to, okay. to get you started, this month's theme is courage. Yes. What does courage mean to you? And how do you practice it in your life? Yes. Well, I mean, just a little background about, you know, where I came from um, or who or how I even started in nursing. Um, I want to say that I didn't pick nursing as my, you know, first thing I wanted to do in my career. I actually wanted to go into journalism and writing and uh, taking my first college writing classes um, and kind of a glimpse of journalism. It it didn't sit well with me on how journalism influences people. It could be, you know, you have to tell um, a good story. And we know that with journalism, right? But I didn't, I didn't, I was kind of turned off with the way that, um, and you guys all know that now, the way it is right now with journalism, um, there's a lot of false 
false information that is out there. And I really didn't want to tap into that. I wanted a career that would allow me to influence people in a positive way, um, mentor, um, teach lessons. Um, so, you know, I thought, what could I get into that would allow me to still do that? Um, and nursing, nursing was that. A lot of people say, oh, you're Filipino and that's why you got into nursing. And that's not it, actually. Um, there's only two nurses in my entire family, believe it or not. So, um, you know, I really, oh, there's my ER team. Oh my gosh. Um, you're going to make me cry showing photos now. <laughs> so, you know, this has been kind of a journey. As you said, I've been an ER, an ER nurse um, or a nurse over 18 years, most of which has been in the emergency department. I started off um, as a telemetry nurse. I did one year of that. And uh, for me, I, I was bored. I thought, you know, this is not really what I thought about nursing. Um, so, you know, what can I, what else can I do? And then I went into the step down ICU. And again, I was kind of like, well, this is not, not what I thought it would be. Um, and it kind of pushed me, what pushed me out actually is I, I injured my back, to be honest with you. I injured my back. I was two years into nursing brand new, um, a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of total care uh, in the step down ICU, as anyone knows, if you if you're in that field or in that department. And um, my doctors were saying, you know, you're brand new, you you got to do something else if you're going to last, because uh, you're two years in and you, you already hurt your back, let's not, you know, do any more damage. So thought what, where can I go with this? And uh, then I went to the cath lab which is a lot of cardiac cardiac procedures. Everyone knows um, if there's mostly nurses on here, um, our code acute myocardial infarction patients um, will go to the cath lab, right? And so I did that. I did uh, pre and post-op also for cath lab. Um, and then I did that for six months. So it's a very short step because again, I was kind of bored. So I thought, you know, where, where else can I go? And that's actually the luxury about nursing is anytime you feel like this is not what I thought it was going to be. That's the fabulous thing is you can do that. You can move, you can find something else, another department. So I, I, you know, somebody said, you know, you keep getting bored. Let's put you somewhere, you know, where you won't get bored. How about the ER? And I didn't really ever think when I was in nursing school, I didn't think for once that I was going to be an ER nurse, mostly because I was afraid of um, pediatrics. I was afraid of taking care of um, sick kids. And I love children. But when you have um, sick children, you're not just taking care of them, you're taking care of the, the whole family, you know, it's a whole dynamic. And that can be um, really hard. If uh, you know, I love my pediatric nurses, thank you, God for you guys. Um, because I couldn't, I couldn't do it, I get a, a little glimpse of them in the ED, and then I ship them off to the pediatrics. But I was afraid and talk about courage, because I had not, you know, I two and a half years out of school, um, not even thinking about the ED. And I, I went into it completely like, sure, why not? Let's do it. And I've been there ever since. 
2000, summer of 2004, I've been in our emergency department and still there, still loving it. So that's where I am. Now, amidst the pandemic, how has that changed you? How has that made your life better? What do you feel that you've learned that came as a blessing, as well as like your greatest challenges in moving through staying in, you know, this particular unit in the ER? How is that? Um, how, how does that affect you? You know, let let and, and speak from a place where for for those of you who are listening, the new nurses, as well as the nurses who are in the middle and the ones who's probably ready to go if they feel called. Yeah. Oh, gosh, you're opening up a can of worms there. Um, man, okay, well, I'm gonna try not to cry, but everyone who knows me knows that I've, I, I cried, I think I cried so much in my entire life, all like, in this short period of time, which was all the last year, it was, it was heavy. It was um, very emotionally challenging, physically, emotionally. Um, you know, we were seeing people die. We were intubating left and right. You know, sometimes three people uh, in a shift, which is a lot. You know, some we we don't normally get three, um, maybe in a week, and we were doing three in a shift. So it was it was quite difficult in the height of it. It was um, almost unbearable, to be honest. There was a lot of burnout. Um, you know, people were taking, our older nurses were taking leave of absences. Um, and, you know, for the right reasons. Um, so then what was happening is we had to, re, you know, kind of like replace a lot of those people leaving with a lot of um, short term contracted staff, right? So you had your registry or your traveler nurses, um, and then new grads. We hired new grads, and my goodness, our mm. new grads, so brave. You guys are so brave. Um, I also teach at Cal State Fullerton, and I, you know, I love it. I teach part time, so I've got some students, maybe they're watching, um, but it, it's been a challenge also, too, for those nursing students who were you know, up in the air, what am I going to do? Um, are we going to get our clinical time? So there was a lot of, for me, emotionally, because um, I was working as an ear nurse, I was working as an instructor. Then I had my kids at home, um, 12 and nine, you know, and so they were doing distance learning. And so that was a lot to take on. And um more so than courage um talk about resilience resiliency you know it was i i didn't there were times where i was you know i just broke down i said i i'm done <laughs> but um people need you know i i think that a lot of people go into nursing because they just have this natural um feeling of wanting to nurture people. So even though I was completely up to here, um, I, I needed to keep going, you know, for, for, I felt like for everyone, you know, for our patients, for the patient's families, um, my children, my students. So yeah, it was, it was a lot. We, I think that 
I've never experienced also the most camaraderie between mm. the team members. Um, that's That was special. That's, you know, we really came through together. We really, you know, there was um, a lot of turmoil emotionally within our own nurses. You know, they're like my family. I've been with this emergency department for a long time, um, you know, almost half my life. So it, it we more so than anything, uh, we needed to be there for each other. Um, so that's what we did. So with your breakdown that was nearly, you know, happening for you and you're ready to quit, how did you talk yourself out of it? What were the practices that you initiated for yourself and, and your team? And how did you, you voice that in, in your unit? Hmm. Um, wow. So it was, you know, I think with nursing, we, we always think that, you know, this is, this is our job. Um, you know, this is what we're, what we're supposed to do. So there was a lot of me feeling guilty about being tired. Um, you know, that, that whole thing being burned out. Um, so I, I, I personally, suffered in silence for a little bit um, because I just felt like this is a duty. I have a duty that I have to, that I have to, you know, do. Um, and um, I did a lot of breath work. Anita knows this. And mm -hmm. Anita, you know, has helped me through the breath work. Um, a lot of meditation. Um, we had a few, um, uh, women's circle um, talks, just really small with our friend Angela. We had a few of those through through the year. Um, even just a small group of people um, touching base. I think that was difficult. That was the difficult part of all of this, right? Is when we're going through a hard time, we need connection, you know, with people. And um, I'm the type that I I need to be in the presence of connection and not not this virtual thing although you know we're this is what if this is what we're gonna get I'm gonna take it but um there was a lot of that a lot of writing because as you know I love writing so I really took to the pen and paper um I have it right here my little journal always with me so I think that's helped a lot and my family um because you had to keep, you know, your inner circle really tight. So I had my, oh, I had my my family. Um, we did, which had never happened before until this time was we did uh, Wednesday, every Wednesday, we did a virtual family call. So that was really nice to get us through. And most of, most of that, honestly, was them listening to me cry to be, I mean, I cried a lot. So it happens, you know, we, I, even though I've been a nurse so long, I feel like I've seen everything, but this was, I have never been through just like many of us and all, a lot of us. Right. And I, I try to tell that to my students because when I was teaching, um, when it first happened and this was, you know, I was in the middle of a semester with my students, um, while working in the ED and I was kind of, you know, giving them stories about what was happening. Um, you know, I, I was just saying, this is, 
this is going to be challenging for everyone. If you think about it, not there is not a single person in the medical field alive that has been through a pandemic, a world, you know, pandemic. So we have to roll with the punches and we have to be flexible and we're going to we're going to get through it. Um, but we need each other. So if it's a call, um, a little, you know, I know we got that from, I got that from you, Anita, quite a bit, you know, checking up on me and how you doing and that helped a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. So what's your main why now when you're staying, you know, I know you love the work that you do and I know you also have other projects, which we'll get into in a little bit. How, what's your main why to continue practicing nursing? What's your why? Mm, that's a I, that's a deep question um my why i feel like i you know i kind of tapped a little bit about that subject earlier um just a few moments ago where i said it's just in me i don't i don't need um somebody to drive me through this career per se, uh, because it is a passion. Um, and you know, you can have multiple passions, you know, I have writing along with nursing. Um, but what my why in continuing is because I just want to, um, you know, make people feel good. I know that doesn't sound very, you know, all inspiring, but when you're taking care of people and, and sick people, right? These are sick people that come to the emergency department. Yeah. They're looking to you to make them feel better, to heal them. Um, so when I, that's like a superhuman power in itself without even really getting, you know, into it so much is I really feel like that that's what they're doing. They're seeking, you know, um, solace with you. They're seeking, you know, comfort. Um, with you. Um, so I always try to remember that I teach my students that all the time, you know, don't ever forget that these people, they don't feel good. And whatever it is, be it, you know, a cut on their finger, you know, maybe their anxiety, maybe they're, you know, um, they're, you know, we have, you know, suicidal people that come in, you know, and um, on top of all the other stuff, I can't breathe, I have chest pain, my stomach hurts, I have my head, all of it. And um, bottom line is they don't feel good. So I just feel like it's it's so important to be that person, to remember that they are coming to you, that they need you. And maybe that's part of it is I, I really love being in a position where I can create that almost that, that mental like switch in the head and like, I'm gonna be okay. You know, because you're my nurse and you're taking care of me. Um, I, I I like that part of of nursing. I think that's what keeps me keeps me going. There are challenges. There's not always that, you know, patient. You know, we everyone who know who works in the ED knows we have some difficult and we have crazy patients. But just like in life, right? We have difficult and crazy situations. Yes, we have all flavors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to touch base on how you how do you express your creativity? I know you said you write 
and that you journal, you know, to help you to stay centered and continue to do the work that you do. I think um, what I'm noticing in every nurse that I've met, they are so creative, whether they have a side hustle, you know, that we discover like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know you did this or that. And um, I know you have a special gift. Will you, will you share with everybody? Mm, okay. How you express your creativity? <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, like little background is I, you know, like I said, I thought I was gonna be a writer. Um, and one, I didn't think I was good enough, to be honest with you. I, you know, wrote papers and I'm like, mm, it's okay, you know, and of course we all say we are our own biggest critics. Uh but in my, you know, when I was 18, 19, early 20s, I didn't, um, I didn't have the self-confidence that I have now in my 40s to say, it's okay, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. But then I wasn't ready for, I wasn't ready to be in this creative world where there's so much rejection. Um, and, you know, I'm a people pleaser. I know it's kind of, it could be, you know, a good thing and a bad thing. Um, so it was, that was difficult for me to, to, to have something so personal to me being critiqued and, you know, it's not good enough, which, which made me feel like I'm not good enough. You know, that's what that translated to for me. Um, so, you know, I thought, I, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna keep writing for myself, you know? And really what happened, what what triggered the love for writing again for me, cause I've always been into writing, but I kind of, you know, really did a break when I dedicated um, a lot of my time to um, nursing and, and then of course to my children. But in 2015, many of you guys know this, you're my friends. Um, oh God, I'm gonna try not to cry. But I went through something that wasn't, you wouldn't think it was very traumatic for people, but you know, I was training um, for a triathlon, my very first one ever. And I was kind of like trying to be this semi-athlete. I had done three half marathons prior. Um, I had participated in a uh, relay uh, sprint triathlon and uh, we won second place. And I was like, oh God, this is so, you know, um, nice for me. And that was in my thirties, you know, late twenties and thirties where I really got got into health and fitness and um i broke my knee in three places uh february of 2015 and that really kind of flipped me upside down you know i all of a sudden everything that i thought that i was um really good at you know um running being on my feet as a nurse 12 hours a day uh mm -hmm it came to a pause, came to a complete halt. Um, I was in a therapy a rehab with my knee um, for almost eight months. I was um, on a light duty. I was also on disability at one point, then light duty, and then tried to come back and um, was hurting again. Uh, finally, I just said, I, I need to get back to work. I, I really identified myself as a nurse, you know, um, contributing to the community um, and taking just taking care of people. And I, I really became, you know, on this, I don't know if you want to call it a mild depression, but um, I didn't, 
you know, ever get diagnosed with it. I didn't ever have to get on meds. So I don't want to, you know, take that away from people from those who, um, you know, clinically really do have that and, and need, um, you know, that kind of help. Um, I, I didn't feel like I was that at that level. Um, but I found myself constantly, you know, I was crying all the time. I was in chronic pain and I'm kind of anti-medication. So I don't, I, I don't medicate um, just because I see so many problems with chronic use of medications and, and, and painkillers in the ED. So I just, I really suffered through the pain um, in my knee. And, you know, it came to the point, you know, my coworkers were saying, oh my gosh, is your knee bothering you again? And I just kept thinking, can I do this for the rest of my life? I don't, I don't know if I can do it with this chronic pain. Um, and just getting back, what was helping me was getting back into writing. So fast forward, you know, six months, eight months into this, my daughter at the time she was eight years old, um, she was looking through my journals. And this is a story that I, I haven't told too many people, but this is what influenced me to, to pursue my career in writing is, um, you know, she was reading my journals and she just thought, you know, first she said, you know, mom, can I, can I read that? Or is it a diary? Which I thought was so cute. I said, no, it's, it's not a diary. You can, you know, those are just my journals, thoughts of the day, things I learn, you know? And so she was reading through it and she reads and she looks up at me and she just looks at me with these eyes. Like, are you going to write a book? And I, I almost broke down in tears because here's this little eight-year-old girl that was, you know, just out of her pure, you know, um, imagination thought, you can write a book. And this whole time, my whole life, I had always had this doubt in my head that I couldn't do it. Um, that's see that always makes me cry. That that triggers a little bit. <laughs> my daughter telling me it's okay to cry. And, I know it is so to cry. So cry all I you know. want. You've got to get your drink your water, grab a tissue. Please uh, do. I know. I, know. I love you and thank you for sharing. Thank, thank you for sharing you. this and part of your story. Crazy. It's crazy because it was because of her. You know, I told her, I said, this is just for me. And she said, Well, why not? You know, why not write a book? And that was it. I said, right then and there. I said, you know what? You're right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna write a book. And I didn't even know what I was going to write then. Um, I just started reading again what she was reading. Um, and I found that a lot of what I was writing were lessons that I learned from my children, how my children see the world, what I taught my children that day, what my children taught, you know, taught me. Um, and then I was like, I think I'm going to write a children's book. Um, and I never thought. I was going to do that, That I never thought, you know, writing that that was going to be my audience. Um, so I'm still working on it. We're coming close. I don't know what, what's the next step. It's a little nerve wracking to be honest with you. Um, but I'm just going to go for it. You know, yeah. why not? I'm just going to go for it. Can you tell us a little bit about the book, what the theme is, or what you would like to, what, the teachings are in there just like a little um, behind the scenes a little snippet okay a, a teaser bit. give us a teaser yeah <laughs> a, a little bit just because we're 
we're kind of in the middle of contracts though. Um, I wanted to kind of have a series of books, not just one, but I kind of wanted to develop a series of books that would um, help give tools to parents to teach their children while unbeknownst to them, they were receiving these own tools on how to teach their children. So that's kind of why I picked this age group between um, four and six. They're like early readers, maybe even three to five. So they're they're just barely getting into reading. Um, so though that's the age where their parents tend to, or their caregiver, their guardian are, are reading to them. And, um, I kind of want it to be tools about, you know, just the very foundation of, of, of mindfulness and, um, you know, what, what we're feeling. Um, I'm just that that'll be a little bit about what I can talk about, but that's where it's going. Um, and that was because in my own struggles of my chronic pain, um, you know, this, mild depression that I kind of talked about, maybe a little bit anxiety if I was honest with myself, um, which there's a lot of that going on right now, a lot, right? We're hearing it, but mm -hmm. I don't know if it's ever been, um, there's definitely a height of it that we're all seeing. You know, they talk about social media being the influence of all of that, but also people are talking about it. So we we're hearing it more too. And, and I think um, that this is the time really to start also teaching our kids, like I said, at the very, the most foundational information that they can get about, you know, what they're feeling, what to do with that feeling. It's okay to feel this way. Um, so there is that because I found that when I was going through it, um, I was trying to explain it to my children of what I was going through. And it was kind of um, difficult. They were eight and five at the time. And I didn't want them to be scared of what I was going through internally. Um, so I was looking for books that I could share with my children. And at that time, now there there is a, a development and a push for that going forward. Now you might start seeing books like that. Um, and there's still a space for me, <laughs> but I want to, <laughs> I want to, that's where, that's where I want to go with it. And I'm hoping that I could um, bring this into the hospital setting, maybe um, bring it into, you know, schools. So I don't want to talk too much about it, but that's where I'm going to go, hopefully. Beautiful, sister. I'm so grateful. Hold on. Can I pause you for a second? Let me reel it back. You were in the middle of contract? Ish. I, I can't talk about it. No, I don't, want you to, I don't know you can't talk, but I just want to celebrate just that first step, whether it's through or not. And so I'm just like, I'm so happy for you. There's, there's some things that I'm, you know, trying to decide. Um, okay. I'll be honest. It's very stressful. Anyone who's gone into the creative role when we are talking about um, legal aspects yeah. of, you know, your story, you want the rights to your story, um, you know, trademarking your character. Um, it's a lot. And that is a little intimidating. So I'm going to see if this is where I want to go or if I want to do the self-publishing route. So there's some um, pros and cons to that. So we'll see where, okay. where I'm going to go next. 
That's so exciting. Thank tell you. Me, tell me a little bit about, for those of you who want to be authors, who feel like you know, you're ready to share your story in that format, what's it like to write a book? What's that process like? Mm, um, I will say um, that every day I'm learning something. So if you're tapping into, and this goes for anything, if you have been in, you know, one thing forever and you're like, I'm going to try that. I really want to do that. I've been thinking about doing that. So, and you don't know anything about it. It doesn't mean you can't do it, you know? So you just have to, uh, it's really, you're doing the work. I'll be honest. You're doing the work. So I put in a lot of time of on research, connecting with people, um, you know, we, we can connect really quickly now through media. Instagram has been huge, um, searching tags, um, looking for authors, editors, um, people who've already published within my genre. Um, I, I've connected with them, I'm getting advice from those people. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a lot of it. And then my, my journey through it all is if you want to get into writing, it's so important. This is why you see this is like right next to me. So I, I actually take this with me everywhere I go. It's like literally right by my bedside because I don't know why it's always when I'm going to sleep that these thoughts pop up in my head and I can't sleep until I write it down. So it's by my bedside. I open it up. I jot down the thought. It could be a book title. It could be a subject. It could be a line. It could be a word. Um, anything in my head uh, I'm, I'm jotting down. And then over time, you know, you'll see that those kinds of thoughts will bring you to manifest something that is greater than you thought it would even come out to be. That's such a great, great lesson in allowing your creativity to like move through, especially in, um, you know, just letting, it sounds like you're just allowing it to flow through you and you're able to just like, okay, and set yourself up for success with having your book with you, you know, at all times or something to write with. Because I know I get inspiration everywhere I go. So yes. I'm so grateful to hear that side of your story. And oh, one more question. How do you balance it all? How do you find the harmony in all the hats that you wear? As a mother, as an author, as a nurse, as a colleague, as a daughter, as a sister. I mean, it's amazing to see you just shine. And I think every woman would like to know how that is possible. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going <sighs> to take a deep sigh after you said all that. <laughs> um, how do I balance it? You know, there, there. I took this, uh, I went to this one wellness event a couple years ago. And it was funny because that that was the theme is finding the balance. And um, some of you guys might know her um, uh, as Go Fit Joe on her Instagram, but yes. I it was her uh, event, and um, she said on there, uh, "F the balance," because um, if you're so focused on constantly finding the balance between all of the th all of these roles that you're in um you're you actually start to focus on the imbalance 
Does, mm. does that make sense? It's, yeah. it's really counterintuitive, you know, but that, that's how I, I, um, I feel like if I can, um, find, you know, happiness within the, all the areas that I'm, um, that I'm a part of, um, then that, that makes, that's fulfilling. Um, I, I know that I struggle sometimes, you know, I'm human. So there are definitely many times, especially now, um, with the pandemic that I've been very overwhelmed. Um, and even telling people I'm depleted, I have nothing to give anymore because I've just been giving, 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 and not taking care of myself. So there was the imbalance there was not putting time to take care of myself. Um, and I just had to reevaluate. I think we're, you know, I think if you think of yourself as a, as a person in progress all the time, mm. um, I've never, I've never reached, you know, I'm done. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the best that I can be. Um, I, for me, that's not how I function. I think like I'm constantly looking at um, how can I improve? How can I get better? Um, how can I serve others? Um, that is a big deal to me is, um, you know, live, that's kind of how I, I live. I live by that mantra. And I know maybe I'm jumping the question here because you might have had that that question. But, you know, I always live by that, that um, line that Maya Angelou said. Um, she said, what is it? I don't want to misquote it. It is at the end of the day, people won't remember what you said or did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Right. And that's, yes, that is all of it in a nutshell. That's how I live. Beautiful sister. Yeah. You jumped the gun. I was like, I was going to ask you, (laughs) you know, what words do you live by? And you're like, that's the one that is the one i live by yeah i live by so many but that one always sits with me and i Mm -hmm. i teach that to my children all the time you know how do you want how do you want to make people feel at the end of the day you know or how do you it's almost and i try to when i explain to my kids because you know they're you know they're younger and they're learning every day and so i have to try to think of how am i going to teach this just the way that i kind of write in my books um so you know i always say when you leave a room, do you want people to say like, man, I love that person. Man, I felt good around that person. Oh, I want that person to come back. Or I want to be that person's friend. Or do you want to leave the room and say, oh my God, thank God she left the room, you know? And so right. I say that to my children in that way. And so they can understand, you know, how what that means to be, um, you know, uh, a present, to be mindful, um, to to live in a way that influences people in a positive in a positive light that is so so beautiful sister i'm so grateful and thankful you came today you allowed us to hear your story how can we support you what with what everything that you're doing oh my gosh how can you support me yes i that's a okay. So it's really hard because I I was just saying that to my husband the other day that I feel like um 
people forget that I also need nurturing um, because I'm constantly the one that's doing it for people. I'm I'm the ate or that in, in that's in Tagalog, that means oldest sister. So I'm the oldest of four. Um, you know, amongst my friends, I was one of the first to have children. So I was always, I'm always this person. I was the first to drive among my friends. So I was always this person that was like catering to people, caring for people, nurturing people my whole life. I felt like, um, so it's difficult for me actually to ask for, for help. And I'm realizing it now in this last year that I need to ask for, I need to ask for support and help and um, don't, don't be afraid to ask for that. It doesn't mean at all that you're weak. Um, you know, I, I just, I think the best way to help me, I was going to say to help us as nurses, but really to help, to help me, um, you know, come in, come in uh, and maybe say hi on my on my Instagram, and, you know, and I love I love you and who you are. I like to hear those things. I hope people love, um, love how I make them feel um, um, in my presence. I think that's really important to me. Um, little text message, give me a call. My number is no, I'm just <laughs> I mean, I live. <laughs> Oh, wait, we're going to surprise um, you with like a message in the in the sky and be like, Audrey, we love you. Oh, yeah. I'm really going to manage right? that. Let's see. <laughs> so I just, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I can ask for. I don't really, I don't really ask for too much. I just, you know, want connection with people. I think I crave yeah. that. Um, and who doesn't, who doesn't love a good connection, right? Right, right. Thank you, sister. We have your information. You heard her, support her by following her Instagram, supporting her book when it comes out. The greatest support you can give somebody is taking action on it and just not talking about it. So that's a huge, huge lesson. And thank you for letting us, you know, practicing that to, ask for support and i noticed because in your body language you're like i don't know and you know <laughs> every nurse on here re relates to this like oh, i'm good i'm fine and then you know we have like our mini like breakdown sessions and then like dust ourselves off and get back on you know in work mode or serving mode and so i'm excited to just see what happens what comes about this and i support you i love you and i thank you for being here and for being a beautiful example of a woman who rises thank mm. you sister thank you i love that i love you and i'm i want to say i'm honored that you asked me to be on this um as your first guest i'm i can't wait to see where this goes you guys stay tuned for the future um shows with her and um i appreciate you guys we will uh be keeping in touch of course yep yep thank you sister thank you guys thank you all for being here i hope i hope her story has inspired you some way shape or form i believe that when you come on here that you receive 
the message that you needed to that has touched your heart. I know she has touched mine in so many facets. And as always, know that I root for your rise. I'm so grateful and thankful just to have this platform to amplify women's voices. So until next week, please, please, please stay connected. Follow me on all of my social media and message me. Let me know who you want to see on here, what topics that you want to talk about so that we can keep this conversation going. And I continue to be this ripple effect for these women to affect so many more people with their gifts and with their stories. Until next time, see you next week, guys.